making soccer news for insight that excels for expert analytics. You better go somewhere else. This is Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. Welcome to episode 17 of the Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. I am joined by uh, Greg. Hey, what's happening, dude? Yeah, man. Hey, uh, we're trying to get uh, everyone on the horn together again to to record the intro and the outro to this, and we were not able to do so. Uh, Josh is a flake as per usual, and Randy is a dad with two kids with shit to do. Uh, so, uh, it's just me and Greg to do the intro, which is going to be fun because, uh, this episode, we, we interview Luke Babson from, uh, PDX FC, which is very exciting. Greg, you have a little bit of experience with PDX FC. What, uh, what can you tell us about? uh about that a small amount they are a lower division uh amateur team located here in portland uh they are super fun they are known affectionately as the meadow larks uh but anyway yeah they are just a super cool grassroots uh lower division soccer team and you know sometimes when you want to get away from providence park and uh some of the drama that sometimes comes along with <gasps> timbers things uh it's super cool to have a- another hometown club to go out and uh kick back a few beers and watch and just have fun supporting local soccer that is pretty awesome um I know the drama got to be real for a lot of people uh, with the Timbers and MLS and the Iron Front and and then, you know, COVID happening. So where we were, I think, almost over it as a uh, supporters group, uh, I think it's still a problem. But with PDXFC, I just like the idea, like you said, of local soccer and uh, just getting to go and hang out without it being such a fucking fiasco every time how Um, much are you into the idea of supporting local soccer i love it dude because pdxfc just launched a campaign to go fully supporter owned and anybody anywhere can be an owner of this team and that's what we're going to be interviewing uh luke about today yeah, I, I um I did sign up to be an owner. Uh, I had again committed to WeFunder from before uh, they launched that I would absolutely invest. Um, I'm excited to get into the details about uh, what what ownership means to them and for the community and how you know they're going to view it. So, um, with that being said, Greg, unless you want to tell us about a game that you went to. We should jump right into the interview. I probably shouldn't talk about the last game I went to with them. Uh, It didn't go well. Uh, (laughs) It was a freezing cold night uh, last October, and I think we lost for nothing. Uh, But I will say the best part of that whole night is uh, we weren't scoring goals. So us, the supporters started getting a little bit bored and we decided, hey, we're just going to kick off some smoke bombs just for the hell of it. Uh, But the air was so still 
that the smoke just went off and created like a solid block. Like if you could imagine what smoke would look like in Minecraft, that's <laughs> what it did and just sat on the field <laughs> to the point where one of the line refs had to like throw up their hands and yell at the center ref saying, I can't see the lines. We have to wait for the smoke to pass. Uh, and we all just kind of sat there like assholes uh, holding up the game. Awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, I am excited. Thank you for uh, securing Luke um, to come on to the to the show. Absolutely. It was a total blast. You guys are going to hear in a minute. Uh, he's fantastic. We support everything they're doing. So without further ado, take it away, Randy. Okay, so we're here with Luke Babson. That is right. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What's your background? Uh, I'm from uh, Portland area, born here, uh, as well as lived for, um, was born in Portland, lived there until I was about 10 years old and family moved just a little bit east over towards uh, like Troutdale area. Um, But live in Portland currently, been here most of my life, spent a little bit of time in Colorado during my college years. Um, My background's mostly in in coaching, Uh, been coaching for about the last 10 years or so um at the college level for eight years with western oregon university's women's program as an assistant coach uh work with a lot of uh, club teams mostly with east side timbers um some different coaching with portland timbers odp program portland thorns odp program and then my brother max babson and i started pdxfc back in 2017 and and I've been serving as the coach for for that group for for the last three years or so. So, just curiosity, where were you in Colorado? Uh, I was actually in Pueblo, Colorado. So it's not too many people maybe know where that is, but if you're if you're familiar with the Colorado area, it's it's two hours south of of Denver, um, and and that was where I went to college at at uh, Colorado State University, Pueblo. Pueblo, that's where they used to have those government uh, commercials you send away for something. And the address was always Pueblo, Colorado. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a back trailer. You're just sending money. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so who? There's a couple questions here, but like, who is PDX, PDXFC? What league are you playing in? And obviously, you mentioned the club starting in 2017. But uh, tell us a bit more about uh, PDXFC. The club, uh, like I said, and you just mentioned, we, we've been around now for a few years, starting in, in 2017. The club plays in uh, in what's called the NPSL, which is uh, a league that is is a nationwide league, has, has just under 100 teams. Um, but then we play in a particular division here in, in the Pacific Northwest with other teams from the, the Oregon and Washington area. Uh, the, the league is, is technically what would be considered like the, the fourth tier within us soccer. So kind of right, right below the, um, professional tiers that exist in, in divisions one, two, and three, there's, there's the NPSL, the, the league, it's just about a two and a half to, to three month season, potentially a little longer if you make the playoffs and it's, it's, uh, built in the, in the months that, that collegiate players are, are in their off season. So a fair amount of the players in the league are are like top collegiate players that are wanting to you know be at their best for their college seasons as well as you know looking at at the future and, and professional opportunities so 
a fair amount of our guys are our current college guys, but as well as a number of guys that are, you know, just a little bit past that or, or have played for different professional teams and, and are still wanting to see contracts elsewhere or, or even we, you know, we'll bring in like if we find really elite uh, 16, 17, 18 year old players that are, you know, starting to push to kind of need the next step in their, their environment, then they can start to come in and, and be with us. And we've got a few guys kind of break through at some younger ages as well. So um, that's a bit about what we do. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited uh, to just introduce a, a community ownership model for our club for the first time, which is, is going to help us kind of really look in the future and, and take some good steps forward. And uh, we're excited about kind of the splash that that's made here, here initially and, and building kind of some more steam for the club as, as we move forward. So you've got a, so you've kind of got the same thing going as the Portland pickles. Are you guys going to have like a, a mascot dressed in a giant Western metal lock, uh, lark, um, <laughs> costume? We, we don't have, we haven't had an actual, we haven't got an actual mascot costume yet. I, I think that's probably got to happen here in the future. Uh, we have a mascot that, you know, has existed in, uh, media form and, and drawings and cartoons and things that, uh, his name is PDX. Uh, like PD, um, but then X is like the. Ah. Uh, uh, there is a mascot. Is, he a, is, is PD a bird? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's okay. a, a metal lark. Uh, right. so he'll probably come to life here at some point. But yeah, very uh, comparable to the pickles in terms of um, that they use mostly current collegiate players as well, and and you know it's a shorter a shorter length season that accommodates those guys' schedules uh richard miller designed that logo i, I want to say friend of the podcast so he may not be a friend of the podcast but i'm going to make sure he listens to this episode so now he's a friend of the podcast yeah nice <laughs> we were uh you know back when we first kind of started up we'd had a little bit of a different logo initially but we wanted something that we thought was going to be you know more professionally done as as well as unique and we were fortunate to get linked up with richard and he uh you know gave us the logos that we ended up using and we were really excited with it and um, I think it, uh, you know, separates us in some ways from from other teams at our level that we have have a logo and some branding that stands out. So big thing. Yeah, it's, it's a solid looking logo. Yeah, the club has an absolutely beautiful crest. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and Richard's company is called Calyx Design. If anybody is interested or wants to get some work done. It's legit better than 80% of MLS's crests. <laughs> oh, seriously, dude. Appreciate and you that. Said, was, was that Calyx Design? We will make a fake commercial for them later. Yeah, yeah, Calyx Design. C-A-L-Y-X. Yep. So uh, Portland's been Soccer City USA for a really long time. The Timbers have a long storied history here, uh, going back to 75, obviously. But what made you when and what made you decide hey we should have a lower division soccer team here what were the steps to make it happen how did it all come together yeah there, i think there was a number of different reasons it was just sort of a combination of you know being the right time in in my life and my brother's life he happened to move back from he was working actually for for bn sports more of a, a soccer station in in miami area um, but he happened to move back to Portland. So there was a, that was, you know, something gave me my brother who, who also was really excited about the idea, who wanted to, to go into business on it. And then um, I just knew that there was a, a pool of players in the area that, that kind of needed it. It was something that, yeah, we have, you know, the Timbers more at the top of the pyramid that have done a wonderful job and, and 
you know, we support and, and, you know, most folks in Portland do, uh, but there was kind of a need for, for what sort of that top player, you know, in our area from age 17 to 23 and, and some guys a little bit beyond that in some different situations, uh, you know, needed to, to help get themselves to that next level, whether it's, it's MLS, USL, or, or maybe opportunities in other countries as well. Uh, so there was, there was, it was needed, I think for, for players here in particular. And, and I think we've kind of been able to just grow and grow an understanding with, uh, you know, soccer people within Portland and the state, you know, what we offer and are getting more more excited about what, you know, what we could be in the future and, and kind of buying into the vision and, and realizing that, uh, you know, we're a big kind of soccer crazy city. So it's good to have, have things and kind of fill out our, our tiers, if you will. Are are you worried that there's too much soccer going on in this city that you're you're gonna have a hard time drawing attention? Uh, I think we've always thought about that in terms of just you know knowing that the Timbers are here and obviously that you know you don't probably want to compete with them on on their game days and so we intelligently do our best to to schedule our home matches at least on different days and different times and and maybe not fight that battle because we and we don't even want to you know we're not we're not really trying to compete with the Timbers. Um, so I, no, I, I don't think there's necessarily too much. I think if you look at, uh, you know, where, where the sport is popular over the world there, there's, you know, multiple pro teams in, in a lot of cities and, and that's kind of the normal case, um, outside of the U S and I, so I still think there's a lot of room for, for growth here and, and people to support, you know, both us and, and the Timbers. So it's, uh, we, we look at it as a positive that there's, that there's so much soccer going on here and, and people are so interested. So um, during COVID, um, are you guys on a break? Or are you? How's your? What's your current campaign like? Are you? Are you active right now? Uh, at the moment, we're we're not. So we we did have to cancel what was our 2020 um, season in the in the NPSL due to the coronavirus. Um, what we were able to do was we we sort of came together with uh, enough couple of the other teams from our league as as well as uh, a team from the USL league Two, And then a couple of other local teams to do, uh, what was called the Oregon open cup and just kind of organize something locally that, that made a little more sense for this summer. So we did do that, but it was a little bit different. We trained and played for about five weeks. Um, we were able to win that tournament, which was, which was fun for the guys. And, and it was good competition as well. Uh, so that was really nice to be able to get out on the field and then, you know, normally we're in a break right now because, like I said, a lot of our guys are our current college players who are normally in, in their season right now. That's all a little bit different with this year going on. So we are actually going to start training again, um, actually kicking up tomorrow and then, you know, going for the next couple of months just because we have a lot more demand right now with guys that are, uh, you know, needing a, a situation to train because their college season has has been canceled and, and maybe they're, you know, doing online school and they're not even necessarily going to their campus and different things. So we've got a, a pool of players right now um, that, that we're looking forward to get getting training again with and, and potentially scheduling some friendly games where we're, if, if Multnomah County moves to phase two, that would, we would look at playing some matches. So my son, um, you mentioned that you played, that you coached for Eastside Timbers. Um, yeah. My son's, uh, he's in United PDX. Um, we're not big fans of Eastside Timbers, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they actually just had like two or three recent pack practices where they actually scrimmaged. Um, all the all the kids had masks on at the time, but up until now, every practice that they've had, they've been isolated and they're you know no contact with each other. And they've got some kind of um, 
they got a, a game this weekend and I'm actually a little bit, I was wary of uh, sending my kid to that game. Um, but it sounds, it sounds like you guys are a little bit behind that schedule. Yeah. I mean, to, there, there wasn't exactly a big rush and, and, you know, of course we, we take the coronavirus very seriously. So on my end as, as not only the coach, but as a, as a, you know, one of the owners, it's, something we haven't wanted to just rush into we've wanted to we've actually kind of followed what what a lot of the youth clubs are doing as well as just other clubs in the area to kind of see their protocols and um i know that some of them are yeah starting to introduce a little bit of some contact or or to the point where it's you know it's not just isolated um individual stuff now um i've read different studies that you know where it looks like at least right now the people think that you know playing within groups is not going to necessarily cause a surge but obviously there's there's some caution there and we'll we'll kind of reintroduce i think contact slowly and and you know certainly not full training contact uh as we get back into it yet you ready to take a bet on the over under on whether or not the colorado rapids gets game gets canceled against the timbers (laughs) i i'm not sure to be honest i've missed a little bit of maybe what's what's going on there lately they had uh, two, or they have uh, three players and seven um, staff members test positive in the last week. And Colorado so, did. Oh, over the Rapids, yeah. right? Not the Timbers. Yeah, not the Timbers. The Rapids. Yeah. So far, the game's still on. That uh, that sounds like it might be getting close to needing to cancel. And um, if we were were to return to to competition, we would we we would also int- you know have to figure out how we would introduce at least testing um, for the players going into into those matches as well for. Um, ourselves and the opponents so looking at all those different pieces right now to, to make sure we would we return in the right ways and aren't putting our guys and and their families and at any uh unnecessary health risks yeah i to interject here like with a question and follow up on that so um uh i'm a big uh spurs fan in the premier league and they were going to play the um, uh they're going to play Leighton orient in the Carabao cup but even uh, Leighton Orient, who's I believe in League One, maybe League Two, um, they don't have any type of uh, COVID nineteen testing. And Spurs specifically paid to have them go through testing, and then they determined that like nineteen players or so oh, had wow. coronavirus, um, and so they canceled that match. And Spurs like got to move on, and that's when they played Chelsea yesterday. But so. I mean, you as a as a professional, um, you know, football team owner, how how do you go through and get COVID-19 testing, especially in Oregon, when it's been so uh, it's hard for like anyone to get it? We're still kind of looking at the final pieces of it. I've been in in contact with a couple of the university programs who that's part of kind of what they're putting in place to have to do to return to competition. So. Um, I've been able to connect with with like the same group that is working with a couple of the universities. We're still working through the final pieces of of it, and you know, and to figure it out exactly the cost and and if it's you know super astronomical, it might be difficult for us to do at the moment. But I I'm, I, I think, think Jonathan's volunteering cool. to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, hold on, how much money do you need? I'll just send that right up. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep you in the loop. So that's um, interesting in the sense that, uh, you know, you're moving towards a supporter-owned model. And so for the people who do not understand the economics of, uh, you know, owning a professional, you know, football team, what, what, does, um, what does supporter 
owned uh, mean like versus traditional ownership? Um, and like, what are some of the benefits and challenges? So traditional ownership is, you know, a model where you have either one or, or like a small handful of, of owners, uh, especially in, in U.S. sports. That's the model that pretty much exists here. There was some different laws in place that actually kind of limited um, supporter or community-owned teams from existing, and that actually changed back in, I think it was 2016, uh, and kind of opened up the door for for a club like us to do this. Or, you know, there was a couple clubs that have done it before us that, that were successful with, the, you know, uh, introducing a community ownership model that we we looked at a lot of what they had done and, and kind of, you know, put our own spin on it based on who we are. But, you know, looked at that and it's uh, it's just selling equity ownership and, and you know, they – Anybody that invests owns a piece of the club, depending on, you know, if the minimum investment is $100 and some people, have, you know, a good number of people have invested that minimum amount as, as well as other people have chose to, to invest more. Uh, and so, you know, you're an actual owner with the group and, um, you know, you'll get financial reports every year that'll kind of show our progress in, in terms of, you know, expenses and, and revenues and, and then, you know, trying to just really build a club that's that's going to develop more value and, and you know, be uh, be bigger down the road for, for all the investors and everybody that, uh, that bought in here at the beginning. Um, but I think it's it's just also something that's really excited for, for everybody to be involved in and, and part of the team and, and follow along with, especially as we start to have matches again and and follow along with, uh, with the, the team and the vision and um, kind of establish a little bit of a, a newer model here in the U.S. It's it's kind of prevalent, you know, in in Europe and and South America and different places where community ownership models have uh, existed for quite a while. But something new here that's that's exciting and um, and as well as just helping us uh, kind of draw more interest to the club and get more people really invested in our success and and excited about what we're doing. Yeah, very cool. Um, I just want to say the whole push to go supporter owned personally is super exciting uh for me um i know jonathan has already invested in the club and bought in uh i'm pledging right now uh on air that i will be investing in the club in the next day or two nice that's awesome and uh for all of you listening dude merit merit paulson charges 11 dollars for a beer like you and somebody else like have five beers uh, in a match. Uh, that's that's the cost of investing in PDXFC, and there's no matches happening right now. So just take your beer fund and invest in the club. Yeah, that's just and, how and, I feel. And we'll be selling beers for like less than a third of that cost. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but <laughs> if you guys remember the movie UHF with Weird Al Yankovic when they were selling shares in their uh, TV station. Um, and that your pitch, Greg, reminded me exactly of that movie. So uh, <laughs> if you haven't watched UHF, uh, watch it. This episode of Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Weird Al's 1980-something classic, UHF. <laughs> uh, but on that note, um, who should invest in PDXFC? You know, who do you want as investors? Why should people invest? Oh, I, I mean, we're, we would love to have anybody, uh, you know, from, from 
any different age, gender, any anybody that wants to get out and, and support. Um, and it's one of the parts that's been really cool is is seeing, uh, first of all, a good amount of, of local investors come in um, and, and a good amount that we already knew and had relationships with, but but as well as a good amount that that are names that I don't didn't actually recognize or or probably just maybe getting into the club for the first time because of this or becoming aware. Uh, and then we've actually had a lot of investors from from all over the dip, different parts of the country. We actually went through and kind of tallied it all up the other day. And I think we had 27 different states that there was at least one uh, you know, or more investor coming from. So it's kind of drawn this interest from people that are interested in, in independent soccer and, and uh, you know, teams that are a little bit maybe different than MLS or, or like I mentioned earlier, that are a community ownership model where, uh, you know, we're opening up the opportunities for everybody to get involved and, and do something unique. So, um, we, you know, we've seen a huge range and, and it's great to have people that are local because they can come out to the matches and, and of course, be there in person and support and, and get to know, you know, our staff and our players and, and all those things. But as well as, uh, you know, what we we'll use a portion of, of the raid for is to really up like the quality of our match stream and, and, you know, bring in some play-by-play commentators and, and have that be at a quality where, where people from out of the area can tune in and also, you know, root on for the team and follow along and, and, you know, use for better highlight clips and all those different parts of things. So uh, it's been exciting and, and we'd love to have, have anybody and everybody that's excited about, uh, you know, getting behind a unique sports model here that, that provides a lot of good opportunities as well for, for players to continue their careers and, and push forward. And, and the players aren't charged anything to play for this club. So that's another thing that's, that's unique that we, you know, through sponsorships, through revenue that we create through, through this community ownership model, we're able to, to provide this for players uh, and some that, that maybe cost has been an issue in the past for, for soccer. So there's a lot of, a lot of positives for getting involved. And I saw you had a few international investors too. Didn't you have one from Ireland just a few days ago? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I think uh, we've had somebody from Ireland, um, somebody from Hong Kong, uh, someone from Nepal, uh, Kathmandu, um, someone from, I think I'm, I'm forgetting two other areas here. Unfortunately, I've got a list not too far, but yeah, five, five different countries as well that we've seen. Uh, France was one as well that we've seen investments come in from. So that part's been, been pretty exciting also. I bet you, I wonder if that Nepal was uh, Jeremiah Sullivan from Global Patrol. It was, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, super cool, super he cool. Has, he has Portland roots, I think, from here maybe originally. And he's I, I know that he's followed us for a few years now, but I, I think he is currently in, in Nepal. So in, I think we tweeted out originally that we had like owners from four different countries, and then he chimed in, well, don't, don't forget Nepal. Um, so. <laughs> That's funny that you re- recognize this name. And, and I should say, before we started recording this, you recognized Jonathan's name too as an investor. So is is this like a full, almost like a full time job for you? Do you? Are you spending hours and hours a day? Uh, I've been pretty active with paying. Or do you have a mind like a steel trap? Is that I, what it is? I wouldn't say that exactly. I I wish I could say that. Um, but you know, I think we just get excited and and you know we do. You know, it's we don't exactly have at this point. You know, thousands of of owners and investors. So the name still still stand out in a lot of ways or, or with Jeremiah, like I said, I think he's actually just kind of followed us since, since the first year we started. So we are able to, you know, 
become personal or know people by first name basis and, and different things like that, which, which is pretty cool. Well, I will, when, when I move internationally, I'll have my wife, uh, donate. So it'll be even cooler. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um so why, um, uh, kind of an interesting question going into your uh, push for community ownership, but why did you choose WeFunder instead of say like, you know, Kickstarter and are there like, were there special perks or incentives to do that? Or was it just a platform that met the need for what you were trying to do for the business? And then uh, any other exciting perks or things you're considering as it goes into the public investment spot for, you know, two weeks in. Um, we chose First of all, there, there's been there's a club called Chattanooga FC and then Detroit City FC, which which are clubs that both started in the NPSL, which is the league that we're in currently. That uh, that did a campaign before us through WeFunder and and were quite successful with it. So we knew that there was an understanding, I think, with the the folks at WeFunder in terms of of you know the market and. It was kind of an interesting story, actually. I was, it was definitely something we'd always really thought about doing and just kind of waiting for for the right moment. And I was, I actually hadn't finished my, you kind of sub, like you submit an application to WeFunder. They do some vetting and not necessarily everybody gets gets through. And I hadn't finished the application yet. And, and they followed up with me and just, but said, hey, you know, we, we really like what you've put together. We think, we think this can work and kind of, as well as to, they offer some good, good expertise. And like, they plugged us with the same attorney that had done, um, you know, put together the legal agreement for Chattanooga as, as well as just different resources that they provide that, that kind of educated myself on, on equity crowdfunding and, and how it all works and, and put it together. So it was just something that we knew worked for this model as well as they, they were quite helpful. If you take away WeFunder and you take away crowdsourcing or community ownership or whatnot, I mean, when I read the finances of uh, your presentation uh, on the platform, it was, it looks like you're running this club at a financial loss. And so, I mean, how are you funding it and how long can you fund it without a profit? So say like, say if this didn't like kick off in terms of WeFunder, like what would you be doing right now? You know, we we still would have been running the club if we wouldn't have, you know, have gone live with WeFunder. So it's not like a situation where we're, um, you know, needing to do this to to stay alive. It's it's been a bit of a you know a, a loss for for the last couple of years since we began. But there's also some pretty positive indicators going into this next year that we don't think that it will be um, for a couple of reasons. Our our expenses will be. A little bit lower, uh, as well as um, you know, revenues have already started to take off a little bit more. For instance, since we've gone live with this campaign, we've we've sold you know more merchandise than we ever have in in a two week period. Uh, we're drumming up a lot more interest. So I think what's interesting, if you look at a lot of other NPSL teams, and we did a lot of studying, and and uh, even if you look at Chattanooga FC that went live uh, with their campaign, they were I think operating at around a $50,000 loss per season. Um, and, and we're, you know, we're about one fifth of that in terms of where we were at last year, but in a lot of ways kind of really at a breaking point to, to get above that. And, and I'd always had other full-time positions 
Uh, and so now I'm, I'm able to focus a lot more of my time on this project and drive other things that can be revenue makers in terms of, uh, in terms of youth camps, in terms of driving sponsorships higher, which we've already gotten commitments for, for, um, you know, larger sponsor numbers going into this year than we've had before. We're in negotiations for a much better, uh, you know, apparel contract than, than we've got before in terms of what we'll get there. So the, you know, by lowering expenses by a few thousand dollars compared to last year, as well as pushing forward in a number of ways, we, we think we're going to be at least at the break even point and, and potentially even pushing um, into the positive this year. Uh, and that's something that, you know, everybody, not even just investors, but we'll, we'll put that out just for the public because we think that's part of the interest and part of the project. And, and part of the challenge is to, to make this, uh, you know, sustainable to where uh, it can last for the long term and, and um, you know, not necessarily be, be a loser financially, but really work to, to get there. And, and, the you know, we're at the striking point and, and we think this year is, is where we start to break into the positive for, for a number of different reasons. So we feel pretty good about where we're at and, and what we've learned in, in the first couple of years. That's awesome. I mean, um, Randy alone, who is unemployed on this call, will gladly help you fill merchandise orders from your uh, um, your your recent surge. Um, but no, I mean, like that's like going back to kind of earlier in the interview. It's like you were mentioning um, you were what you had said was uh, you know selling merchandise and you had sold out of merchandise or whatever else. But now like with all the press and in Portland being a soccer city, merch should be probably one of your biggest money makers in the grand scheme of the entire organization. So uh, I don't know if you know about the, the patch scene or the scarf scene or whatever else in Timbers culture, but uh, it is it is ripe for creating uh, excitement about not only you know the team but I, essentially about the brand. So uh, it's a it's a good spot to be in. So Randy is available. Just send him a text. Uh, <laughs> I think he has a Motorola Razor uh, that he's using right now. Um, Randy, but, and I will, uh, we'll touch base later for sure. Yeah. Um, but so kind of tying into to to money and profitability. So you've mentioned a couple times that a lot of your players are college players and they're you know doing this in the off season. But uh, when um, when will you pay players, or will you pay players, or like is there a critical mass of funding to be able to do so? A couple different ways to, to answer that question. At the moment, if and this is down to NCAA rules, if guys are current college players, they actually aren't allowed to play alongside on the same team as anybody that's getting paid. So you can't have, first of all, you can't pay the college players, but then you also can't can't have anybody play alongside them that's that's paid either. So you kind of have to go to a different model if you want to go to you know a professional model of of paying players and for us if say we were to hit um you know like a max raise within our our we funder campaign which is uh $240,000 i'm not sure if if we'll hit that or not and and we don't have to to for this to be a success for us um but if this were to kind of you know really hit those different types of levels of funding then then that's something that we could look at in in the future jumping up to to what's called the the nisa league which is like a third division professional league where you would you would introduce player salaries they'd still be you know relatively modest but you would you would start paying players at that point and it would be a longer um calendar season as well 
Oh, that's so that's interesting. So when you as an organization are signing players, you know, what type of contracts do players sign to be on PDXFC? So I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm stuck on the, so you can't pay them. So, but you're clearly signing some type of paperwork for them to kick a ball. Uh, yeah. so what, how does, how does that work? They just really go through like our our league registration. So everybody that that plays for us in order to play, you know, in our NPSL season has to go through a registration process, um, and then they're registered as as a PDXFC player. Um, so they do, you know, sign that, but it's not they're not signing a professional contract that you know necessarily binds you know them to anything or or us to anything financially. But it's more like they couldn't go play for uh one of the team other teams in our league you know once they've registered for us um as well as once they've registered for us like when we've had players that have signed or moved to um professional teams in either the u.s or other countries we we have to release them um so they are like you know on our books in terms of like the transfer market and different things like that so it, it is like a registration that goes through u.s soccer and then um kind of you know just for basically record keeping in terms of their careers and and that's another piece of what of what we you know want to do in the future is is have players that that we train that play for us that are good enough to to go on and and have a market value at the professional level and and you know maybe down the road receive uh you know a piece of a transfer fee or training and compensation that could be entitled to us for for successful players that's crazy so uh, I mean, I was obviously following your Facebook feed and I noticed one of your players went to Inter Leipzig in Germany. So how does that actually work? So you had to sign off on a transfer for that player? Like you own their rights? I, yeah, I guess in theory we do. And and we don't – for everybody that we've, re, you know, signed or, or released is what basically we do. We, we will – we have to put together a release form and then – um, you know, they go on a free transfer. If, if we were to try and like demand some sort of larger fee or something for any of those guys, it would have kind of probably screwed them over because, you know, they're still not necessarily going to big, big time clubs as of yet, but trying to kind of just move, move up a ladder in some ways or, or go to different countries. So it's just kind of simple paperwork. But yeah, if we were to like not do it, um, it could definitely slow that guy down. I think if somehow we didn't do it in 90 days, then eventually FIFA steps in and is just like, all right, this club's not taking care of their business and the player can eventually get released. Um, but we've had to deal with that like a couple times or when we're trying to get international players to play for us every now and then there's like a club in, you know, whatever, a different country that isn't responsive or it's like we have to wait 90 days for a release or something. So uh, have you ever asked for like, a, hey, man, Give me a hundred dollar transfer yeah. fee on this guy. Come on, uh, <laughs> not yet. You're like, I would like a case of white claws, sir. So please <laughs> give me the money. Um, that's awesome. So, uh, I'm not sure if Greg has mentioned to you, but me, uh, well, not even me anymore. I'm too fat to even play. Well, I'm not even really that fat, but you know, fat enough to not show up and want to eat food. But Greg, Randy, Josh, and myself all play in a league 
created by Jason Urich in Portland, which is called Fat Bull. So conceivably, you could sign all of us to no fee contracts, and then I could pretend that I was a professional soccer player. Before you answer that, it's a league specifically for a bunch of out of shape dudes that don't know how to play soccer. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, well, dude, dudes and ladies. There are some some ladies that. Yeah, it's just Fat Bull. F A T B O L. I mean, maybe. Maybe we'll introduce an over thirty squad at some point, or you know, come off the squad, <laughs> come out and play as well. When you say over thirty, you mean BMI, right? Um, so, uh, <laughs> you look at it. <laughs> Tell us about uh, some off-field stuff, like the culture, fans, the ethos, kind of the values that you bring to the club. Uh, not necessarily stuff that happens between the lines. Your coaching styles park the bus, right? <laughs> uh, no, absolutely not. I try to be the opposite of that, but um, we want we want to be exciting for folks that want to come out and watch and uh, be the aggressor in in the matches that we can at least. Um, I, I think as far as the the supporters, um, it's something that we've really kind of grown. You know, from the first year, we just sort of had uh, a certain kind of group of well, not necessarily a group, but just different individuals or or small groups of people that, that kind of caught wind of what we were doing and, and wanted to get involved and, you know, came out and, and supported in the, the first couple of years, you know, our, I mean, our attendance is not, not huge at the moment on, on good days. We've, we've drawn three to 400 people, but I think the, the beauty of, of kind of adding this community ownership model as well as just, you know, continuing to put in, in the work, you know, myself and as a club to, to grow our, our relationships and our reputation that, you know, we can start to kind of double up on that attendance number and, and maybe even go bigger than that. And and then, you know, before you know it, it's it's a pretty cool, cool match day environment that kind of snowballs from there. So it's it's right now, I think just, you know, we've got this core group that have been really almost diehard and, and follow along. And, you know, a number of folks have even like helped as as volunteers in all sorts of different ways to help us in in the first few years with different stuff we needed, you know, off the field or, or on match day. Uh, so that's, that's always been super encouraging and, and, you know, really, really humbling for us that people have wanted to get involved and believe in what, what we're doing. And, um, we've done certain game days where we've like connected with, with a certain, you know, a local youth club and, and had a number of like their teams out on that day. Um, and, you know, so continuing to connect with, with whether it's actual soccer clubs or, you know, organizations that maybe aren't necessarily soccer clubs, but youth organizations to give lots of kids opportunities to come out and watch. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see our, our game day experience grow here. We, we, we thought we had a number of indicators that we were going to see some, some good, you know, metrics in terms of, in terms of an attendance boost going into this past 2020 season. And, and then, you know, we couldn't have people come out to, to even watch the Oregon open cup games just due to coronavirus. So it's kind of this bubbling demand that a lot of people are looking forward to, to seeing us when we are able to, to play on the field again with, with spectators. Three to 400. That's, that's a better draw than FC Dallas. I think <laughs> yeah. where, where is, where is your home field? Didn't you guys just change home fields recently? We've, we've played at a couple different places since we started, but we've played, we've played, a good amount of the games at Concordia University, uh, which has a nice little little stadium. Um, we think there's a good chance that we'll play there again. It's to be honest, it's just a little bit up in the air because that university closed its doors and it's it's going through a process of who's going to take over ownership for it next. 
Um, but we think we'll, you know, with a good chance, we'll be able to play matches there again, or, or we've got our eyes on, on one or two other facilities that we also like as options. If, if for some reason, um, you know, it doesn't go up for rental or something for this season, but uh, it's, uh, it's one of the better options in, in the city for, for something that, you know, isn't a huge stadium, but uh, it has seating for 1500, which for us works well on a match day. That's right. That's right in my neck of the woods. I don't have any excuse for not becoming a supporter now. Nice. Um, Jonathan, are you going to buy that, that campus for these guys? <laughs> yeah. How, how much is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't need the whole campus. You could maybe you could just make it just the field facility, Everett Stadium. Yeah. I got yeah. more. Yeah, like we buy some what's, firewood and stuff, and have a good time. What's uh, Luke? Tell me uh, what have been some of the the be- your best experiences, um, game days, or any good stories you can tell us from this? Because there's been a lot of really good experiences in terms of just. You know, giving the players something something unique, and um, you know, we've just had a blast going out there on on game days. You know, working to get results and kind of being being a newer group and and getting our feet wet. And I think for me as a coach, it's you know, we yeah, we want to win and we want to do really well in our leagues, but it's also a big part of kind of what we are right now is is pushing players on to be successful in their next step. So whether that's just me after our season wraps up paying attention to guys who go back to their college seasons and, and, you know, maybe take a starting role or, or get a lot more minutes or score a lot more goals or, or the team has a much better season uh, or, or guys that are able to, to move from our, our team to professional levels. And, you know, so I think we just want to be, we want to develop a, a reputation and as, as a club that that's really good for players to, to improve and and you know give them an environment where where they're going to have an enjoyable experience but also they're going to be able to you know to know that they improve themselves as a player and and i think we put in a lot of the legwork to to build that reputation and and we're kind of seeing some of the the fruits of that now that we're able to to really bring in you know a lot of like top tier division one college guys that that maybe we you know missed out on in the first couple of years or something like that so it's it's been a really good process that's that's um i mean you gave a very nice professional answer to that question but i want to hear like the bad news bears version of that question <laughs> yeah. uh, oh man I, I think one time it got a little bit ugly between us and uh a team that doesn't exist anymore that was based out of pierce county washington where you know it'd been a heated first half and then both groups are kind of going to their locker rooms you know for halftime trying to get to our own space and but you got to walk kind of right next to each other going in and uh it was good that the referees weren't in that area to see what happened in some of the (laughs) number of red cards thrown out but so like somehow the coaching staffs got in there and and got the guys uh into the locker rooms with with no cards and calm uh, down. So the, the the closest team to you guys is uh, International Portland Select FC. Uh, do you guys give them the stink eye every time you run into them on a pickup field? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's fun. It's definitely uh, a rivalry. They they had they'd gone by a different name in the last few years, and now they they've kind of rebranded to be known as as IPS International Portland Select. But it's it's in a lot of ways the same kind of 
kind of group and and we pride ourselves on on wanting to beat them you know we want to beat everybody on game day but then there's also this this piece of like we want to get kind of the better of them each year if we can so you know whatever if we play them twice in a season or three times we we want to try and take the best out of that series and i i have a lot of respect for for like their owners and their coaches and you know i think that's vice versa but come game day it's it's something where uh, it gets pretty intense and, you know, everybody wants to win. And um, those have been some of the, you know, some of the more enjoyable matches as well. And um, they're the only other team, you know, in the city, obviously. So it's, it's kind of a natural rival. Uh, respect. Um, that's weird. Cause that's what you weren't, that you weren't saying that before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. You got me there. <laughs> so, uh, like in terms of like those types of, uh, like, you know, clubs you compete against and, um, uh, so in partnerships, have you ever spoken with, you know, Merritt Paulson or anyone else in the Timbers front office about a potential partnership? Um, would you want to do that? Or maybe even any other international clubs, uh, where you could figure something out? So that's a, yeah, it's a really interesting question. And I think we, First of all, I, I haven't spoken to to Merritt or or like anybody else really high up in the the Timbers organization about a partnership. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what their reaction would be. I don't I don't know if they would you know see value in that or or how exactly that would would work. Um, but again, I haven't I haven't sought it out. Um, I think there could be value in that. You know, we we haven't uh, yet had we we've had like a player that, like I said, we picked up a really good 17 year old player who was just shining with us. And I contacted Timbers Academy about him and, and, you know, they brought him in to join their, their Academy for his last year, or I'll occasionally touch base with the, the coaching staff with T2. If I think we have somebody that might be worth looking at. Um, so there's a little bit there, but I, I they're receptive to that then. Footy Danzo, um, maybe Footy Danzo's on T two. Maybe you want to bring Footy Danzo onto your. Oh please, I love Footy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's funny. I know Footy's back in town now. We've actually touched base a little bit. Um, you know, no guarantees, but maybe something could happen there in the future. <laughs> He's wrapping up his his uh, probably his playing career here, and does have an interest in getting into coaching and things. So um, he might be able to get involved with us a little bit in the future, but have to kind of work out some final things there. I know he's focused on the timbers right now. Yeah, let us know if uh, you need anyone to grease that wheel for you. Cause uh, <laughs> friend of the podcast, we Sounds are all good. personal friends of footy. Yeah. Great <laughs> dude. So I'm going to jump into the more uh, fun parts of this uh, interview versus all like the serious questions. So, all right. Um, so you were a guest on Soccer Touchdown uh, last year. Can you tell us why that was a disappointing experience for you and <laughs> the XFC and how it set your organization uh, back by at least five years? Uh, no, no, actually, I, uh, that, was a, uh, that was a fun time. For reference, we love those guys. Uh, I enjoyed it. They have great a couple of great dogs. At, you know, I, I this was pre-coronavirus so i got to go to their at their house they have a, a studio kind of set up in one of the rooms that you know was was set up well and then uh, like i said they had a couple dogs that uh, i enjoyed being around and, and those two were great guys and um 
actually one of the one of the guys zippy uh is has bought in a, a little bit to the the club as well which was cool they both pledged to give six hundred dollars today jonathan was that how you initially became kind of aware of us uh honestly uh it was someone at one point had mentioned uh black hearts union and i thought that was kind of fun and then uh true story i was driving through new zealand in a camper van uh it sounds like a hippie story but it's not um uh listening to um soccer touchdown and when i heard your interview i was like oh this actually sounds kind of cool and so then i would say aware no but more interested yes 100 percent very and cool. Those guys asked, asked, actually wanted me to ask you if they could uh, do the, the voiceover for streaming on one of your matches. Did they really ask that? Yes, they did. I don't know if they're serious about that, but they did really ask. Um, and, then, and then Zippy asked, where's his damn shirt that he ordered a week and a half ago? To, uh, yeah, I'll, that's getting shipped out here real shortly. Tell him we, we actually had to wait a little extra for his small size that he ordered. We had to, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't even think that was a jig, but uh, we were just like somebody else had just bought in our last small in stock. So there was like an extra couple days wait for Hummel to ship us some more small. So that was the little extra. You, you got to be careful calling that kid scrawny. He works out. Oh, yeah, I mean, he wants to fight He'll probably be bulking through that jersey. I think he just—that's probably what he wants. He wouldn't they last three minutes small. in fat ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> extra small American apparel. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, no, but I—I uh, would actually love to bring those guys in to maybe cover a match or something like that. Like I mentioned, that is what we're gonna, you know, do on match days going forward. Is—is is have more of a, uh, you know, a broadcast team, and so that would actually be fun. You know, I don't if they just wanted to do it for one match or something, or or even the season, we could. We can chat. Yeah, they're up for it. Um, I, w- I got one more serious question. You mentioned um, ODP earlier, and I'm, I got a pretty good feeling that probably most people listening to the podcast aren't going to understand what that is. Can you tell us about – it stands for um, Olympic Development Program. Is that what it stands for? Yeah, it just stands for Olympic Development Program and what uh, all the different states in the U.S. have – their own ODP program and then kind of select what are supposed to be, you know, the best kids from the state within each age group. And then, you know, they train a little bit and prepare and then all go to different um, tournaments within their regions where they play the other states. And, you know, eventually you have regional champions who go, go on to nationals and um, you know, it's, it's uh one of the ways I think that at least players are looked at as well to be identified for like youth national teams. That's changed more in the last five, 10 years where there's also other, other ways, or a lot of the kids are now to be honest, coming more from the DA, the, like the Timbers Academy or the Academy teams that are in the development Academy. Cause I Which don't, they just they, shut down. Yeah, they did. But it, like, they're still going to have, for instance, the Timbers Academy will still have teams. They're just now going to play in. There's like a new, a new league that's overseen by MLS, at least for the MLS teams that, that all will still have the youth academies as well as I think there's some other top clubs that have like been led into that, that league. So the same thing still kind of exists. It's just not called the DA anymore. We're going to move into a few listener questions and I'm going to start out here with our friend. Uh, we got a question from our friend CJ, who is the sole proprietor of the Arbor Lodge coffee shop on Rosa parks. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Uh, do you expect the club to be profitable? 
like how is marketing setting up the club for success and his too long didn't read when do we get paid but make it sound good because i'm a nice guy we're probably going <laughs> to cut some of that out or put it in the outtakes but that was his joke yeah so like i mentioned earlier if you looked at you know our numbers from from the previous year uh it's not on the positive but it's also you know not that far away just like ten thousand dollars so there there's a number of ways that now that i'm you know, going more full time. What was kind of interesting is actually when I had a full time position as a college coach, I had some different parts in my contract that even limited me from from doing certain things. I couldn't run camps outside of the college. I couldn't do certain things that were actually, um, you know, potential revenue makers for PDXFC. So I kind of looked at those first couple of years of all right, let's really build build things, put a little bit of some resources into it, and then kind of strike when the time's right to go a little bit more full time with it and. And then open up a bunch of these these revenue streams that I kind of wasn't able to, to tap into in the first year or two. So that's a piece of it right there. Uh, we've got you know a, we've got a, num- a bunch of merch right now that's already you know in stock. That in terms of you, like some of last year's expenses was was purchasing that. So now it's like it's all there, and now it'll it'll be sold. And like I said, we're starting to sell sell more. Um, our league fees will actually be less than last year just because we actually still had to pay our league dues for uh, the 2020 season. Um, but then what happened is we ended up basically getting like a 50% refund that goes towards next year. So um, there's a number of different ways that we'll, we'll kind of cut some of our costs and, and then we'll definitely be able to expand revenues through, uh, you know, like I said, more more match tickets, more revenue, introducing some different different youth parts. Like I said, we've already got uh, two different sponsors that are that are ready to get on board at at higher parts. So so we're already kind of looking at projections for for this coming year that that put us in the positive. Obviously, we need to go out there and, and make sure that we um, you know come come out with that with with all the, where the numbers lay out. But it's uh, it's not too difficult. You know, we're not spending a ton of money, so so we can get there. We kind of covered this a little bit ago, but I definitely want my friend to get a shout out for her question. Uh, My good friend Stephanie asked, do you foresee Concordia University shutting of doors as a campus having impact on the availability of usage and general maintenance of Hilton Community Stadium? Is Hilton the long-term option or will the club be scouting out a different option, perhaps Merlot, she suggested, in the near or distant future? Very good question. Uh, like I said, mentioned a little bit earlier, just kind of waiting for to see exactly what what happens with the management of that that facility. Um, we've got a couple other options that we can look at that we think are are comparable. Um, one thing, to be honest, that we was a little bit difficult, and and it was just because of Concordia's, um, you know, the fact that it was a Christian university. They didn't allow any alcohol or you know beer to be served on campus. So could actually be a positive if a different group comes in that, you know, doesn't have those type of affiliations that, you know, has no problem with us getting an alcohol permit. That was one reason why we were actually looking elsewhere anyways, if they would have um, continued to control that facility, because we do, we get that feedback that people definitely wanted to have, you know, beverages on match day. And, And so that was kind of an important piece on how we think we can continue to build our match day experience. So we just want to that could be a good fundraiser for you. Set up a clandestine guy with a flask at the at the in the corner of the. Yeah, uh, I'm sure people probably got creative like that in some ways and made that happen. Um, but 
uh lewis and clark university to me is is it's in a little bit of a different part of town but it's it's pretty similar to concordia in terms of seating and uh could provide a decent experience we'd love to to get into merlot um we've tried that a little bit in the past and um at least at the last moment we check with them they just weren't even looking to go you know do rentals to any outside groups but what we do kind of have our eyes on is they've got actually a new uh, they've got a new facility going in down by the river on their river campus that it's actually going to be their new track and field facility, but it's going to have a, a nice soccer specific field in the middle of it, seating for a couple thousand people kind of right down there by the river, all the facilities we'd need as far as locker rooms and, and concessions and different things. So, um, that could potentially be an option as well. When's that coming? It should be in this spring. Um, and yeah, you can get on, you can kind of look up all the different plans for it and pictures and it's going to be a cool new project. Sweet. Uh, the next listener question, I think this might be our last listener question comes from my very good friend and hetero life partner, Tyler. Uh, (laughs) he wants to know how did the operations team plan to drive fan engagement? Are there plans for special events or deals? Example, Forward Madison ticket packages and events. Uh, are you familiar with Forward Madison? I am, yeah. Uh, out of, I think, Madison, Wisconsin, and the USL team that has definitely done a good job of you know really drawing awareness to their club and, and engaging fans. And um, I think there's a lot, you know, them and a number of other clubs out there that you can look at that, that both do a great job of, of utilizing social media in terms of putting out a lot of really good content as, as well as um you know just the match day experience being fun and and lively uh and and so for us yeah obviously we'll have have the matches but yeah we want to have different different events where you know for instance like a preseason kickoff party where where everybody gets together and um you know gets to you know meet staff and and players as as well as all the other supporters uh you know we'll, we'll plan on doing what would be a little bit more of like a yearly presentation to to anybody that can make it that's local or, or somehow maybe wants to come in for it that's a little bit more of like a presentation on just kind of the yearly the business side of things and breaks things down as, as well as you know gives like a live you know opportunity for q a so we'll have a number of different events that that will keep people engaged and and we want people to kind of come along for the ride with us um, obviously for, for the matches and, and everything on the field, but also just kind of being aware of, of everything that's going on off the field and how this is being built. And, and, you know, I think that's part of the excitement as, as well. And, and we hope maybe even some people will, um, you know, learn a thing or two about how to, how to build something cool in their community. Oh man, that's, um, that's awesome. And like, um, I guess moving into before we go into your one of your final thoughts before we post this on the internet, um, uh, we've talked a couple times about uh, drinking, but uh, what is your drink of choice? And then what, like, if you were going to go somewhere uh, and have a beverage and uh, meet up with potential fans, um, you know, where's your favorite like PDX spot? Like, where are you going to go? Like, brewery? Is it a is it a uh, like a tap room? Like, what's your what's your spot? You know, it's kind of hard to bring it up, I guess, now because it just sort of shut down. But I did, I did, I did enjoy going to the Toffee Club, and we like we'd used uh, their oh. space for a few of our different events. So unfortunately, um, they closed their doors a little while ago. I thought that was a really cool, you know, soccer themed space. They were they were a sponsor of your team too. Yeah, and they 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 helped us out in some different ways um, 
early on. So that, you know, that was a spot I liked to, I liked to go to. Um, I don't know. I need to find now a new little soccer space in town. Um, I know there's a couple other options. Randy's uh, backyard is pretty cool. There, there we go. Um, <laughs> as, far as, as far as drinks, I, I'm, I like drinking beer. Um, I'm not a big IPA guy. I know most people love them, but uh, I like, you know, more like a good amber or a good wheat beer. Uh, I like to drink whiskey if I was going to have like something a little bit harder, but not that I do that too often, but here and there. Hell so yeah. you're, you're telling me you don't enjoy a selection of 150 IPAs when you go to the grocery store with paired <laughs> with like five other beers? No, sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes I, I wish they had the selection of, of uh, that they have for IPAs for other types of beers, but I know they're popular right now. Oh man, that's, um, that's sad. So, uh, I, I was, I have just, um, resigned from my position as the chair of Portland Spurs, but our soccer bar was, uh, Toffee Club and, you know, you know, it was like a month or so ago when we got the notice saying, you know, they were out and, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a tough time during COVID. So, um, but uh, our listeners, uh, so basically you need to send us recommendations that we can send on to Luke uh, to where he can go and drink not IPAs and <laughs> then take your questions while you're not sober, but in an outside scenario. Perfect. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, Greg, I think um, you're going you're gonna to plug us here at this point and then uh, Luke will give you the, the final words. I was just going to say to everybody listening, if you guys are into what you're hearing, if you want to uh, get down on investing with PDXFC, check out their campaign on WeFunder. We'll, we'll put links in the description. We'll put links in the description. Also, there is a supporter group, uh, the Black Hearts Union. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, BHU. PDX and on Facebook under Black's Hearts Union. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Get involved. And then Luke, why don't you uh, give us some some parting comments? Tell us about how this changed your life. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it, it really is. We we love getting the opportunity to get out and and kind of continue to tell our story, especially here within Portland, and um, you know just trying to really build build something special that's. Uh, you know, interesting and exciting for people to get involved with, especially as we're able to come back and start returning a little bit more to sports and, and live sports and, and get out there and celebrate the game and, and support, you know, a, a grassroots club that's, um, that's putting in the time and effort to, to provide something really quality for, for players, staff, supporters, um, you know, anybody that took the time to listen, thanks for tuning in. And, you know, we hope we'll, uh, you'll, you know, check into our club more, whether it's the right time for you to, you know, invest in the club. Of course, that helps us grow. And, and that's, that's great. But, you know, follow us on social media, come out to a match, um, any way that you want to check us out, then then we're thrilled about that and excited to, to get to know our community more. So I'm just uh, happy to kind of do the rounds here and, and, uh, you know, spread the word. So thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold the phone, my friend. Did you say do the rounds? Like, so wait, you're you're treating us like a pass around. So you went to Soccer Touchdown. <laughs> you're now here at Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. Where are you going to next? I have, uh, I've got a couple different podcasts that I'm doing over the next few days. So it, right, it, get, it, it, it's, it's spill it. But 
it's uh, a good time to try and make sure we we get out there and I uh, get get the. Come on, man! Spill the beans. Who else are you going to? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing. There's uh, protagonist soccer had asked me to come on and do one. Nice. Um, and then there's another one. I'm gonna forget the exact name of it, but it's it's put on by the the owners of DeKalb County United, which is is just a different kind of smaller club in, in a different part of the country. So I think those are the two right now that I have penciled into the schedule over the next couple of days. But um, there are three but, other podcasts you should check out, which are uh, Morrisonic um, and uh, Morrisonic Outer. actually plugged the campaign on their last episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I'll definitely have to. I think, I think I've connected with them a little bit in the past. I'll definitely reach out. Nice, dude. That's awesome. And then there's another one started when we started called Outer Roses, um, which also has some listeners. And then, I mean, if you're bored and you feel like you're being bold, you should reach out to Football with Grant Wall, formerly of Sports Illustrated. But um, what's, I, I mean, what's that one called? Uh, football, F U T B O L with Grant Wall, W A H L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know Grant Wall. Yeah, he used to do Planet Football when he was a Sports Illustrated, but then they got COVID stupid and decided to let him go. Um, uh, but he is fantastic. Uh, and he's, I think that would be an awesome story to pitch to him and a ton of listeners. So, yeah, that would be great. So I'll, I appreciate you guys thinking of those other podcasts. We're just trying to kind of. Kind of keep plugging away here for for the next you know number of weeks that that we'll be live for and and get the story and and get the word out there. So, thanks again. Yeah, right. I mean, we can stop doing like the actual interview part. And there's also Red Smoke Radio. Have you heard of them? Uh, that's, I don't that's, think that's the Thorns. Yeah, it's Thorns, but still, it's like Portland specific. So, Wait, sorry, what was it? Red Smoke. Yeah, Red Smoke Radio. Okay. Uh, but like might be like good spots to um to pitch it out. And then I mean like you could also do from J to Z for Jeff Atnella and Zarek Valentine. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Know. Uh um but man, this is fucking awesome. Uh I love it. And if you know my wife and I weren't planning on some type of international move, I would love to be way more involved, but you know, it's time to go. So no, no, where uh, where are you headed to? We're gonna go to the UK. I got my dual citizenship uh, this year okay. and, uh, makes it much easier, but, uh, yeah, definitely. once that we funder came out, man, that was, that was really exciting. And just the opportunity to invest as, you know, whatever it was cool when I was doing the, uh, cause you're submitting the numbers and it's, I was like, okay, how much money do you actually make a year? How much, you know, can you really invest in, uh, so with you putting the 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 initial entry fee to be a hundred bucks, like that's not that much money in the grand scheme of a you know a football supporter. And you think like Timber's Army, like a TA season ticket is six fifty each year. Right, hundred bucks once. So hundred bucks. That's like one trip to the merch van. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And so like like the ability to to do that. It's just fucking awesome. Like it's, uh, and it's cool. And then like, and I was saying before you joined, I was like, this is punk. This is like DIY. Yeah, it really is. I think there's a lot of, in Portland, I think people rec are starting to sort of, you know, we have some of that culture where people respect that and appreciate that those type of ventures here anyways. So I think as people just kind of 
start to understand a little bit more what we are and yeah we're not mls but we're we're kind of an independent group that's doing something unique and you know we can we can all build this together and it's, uh, it's resonating and i think kind of we had a really cool initial surge with it and and now i think as we and that a lot of that happened just kind of with like twitter or you know just it, it hit off pretty pretty good right away with um you know a base that i think we kind of already had built and now we, we just you know finding our ways to kind of tap into into other um people that that have a good chance of being interested and i think it's gonna really really grow and you know we're we're pretty pumped for for the future and kind of adds a lot of excitement to me now to, to keep getting all this you know not just investors but just people's positive comments and and excitement about kind of what we're building and and you know especially when we start playing again get ready for the get ready for the pvsp bump um literally hundred of listeners <laughs> yeah, one hundred of listeners. Yeah. I, I, this was high, right? I think I'll just I'll get off the podcast and like probably just seen a surge of of uh, investors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people asking you for money. <laughs> Greg and me. <laughs> so once again, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks again, guys, and look forward to keeping keeping in touch with with each of you individually. Absolutely, yeah, fantastic. Alright. Out. Yeah, I mean that was awesome. And and anyone who just listened to the interview, uh, if you have not yet invested in uh PDX FC on WeFunder, make sure you go do it. You can buy in for as little as a hundred bucks, which is I mean it's not nothing, um, but in the grand scheme of what you get for your hundred bucks, it, it's worth it. And three hundred bucks, um, which comes with a jersey, it comes with lifetime season tickets and shares. Like it's the amount of money that you would spend on a season ticket, as well as a jersey and something else, is pretty much equivalent anyway. So uh, you can do it and just get the the ownership as well, and that's awesome. Uh, Greg, any uh final closing thoughts yeah absolutely anybody listening definitely go check out wefunder.com slash pdxfc uh as of the time of recording this they're a hair's breadth over four thousand dollars shy of meeting their minimum and there's only room to grow past that uh so definitely go check that out if you don't have a hundred bucks maybe you only have 50 bucks go get with your friend you know steve who has 50 bucks and then you guys can go on in on it together and the owner can be your name, Steve. That's uh, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely check them out. And even if you can't invest, definitely uh, check them out online. Check out the Black Hearts Union on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, if you can't invest, you can still come out and support and watch local soccer. Uh, and that is super fun. And nice. as always, you can email us here at the podcast at portlandvanity at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at 503-583-4235. We're on Facebook at Portland Vanity and Twitter at PDX Vanity Soccer. All right, man. What's our what's our uh, exit song? Our exit song today is for PDXFC. It's what they really need to get this campaign off the ground and get it going. And that is for you to give them some money. So the outgoing song is the Spinal Tap classic, Give Me Some Money.
Do you have an over 90 squad? Because Randy, Randy might be interested in over 90 squad. How dare you, sir? Go ahead, Jonathan. Okay, nice. Um, uh, yeah, I just like to, like, you know, Zippy's a cool dude, but that motherfucker can't fight. So, um, like, whatever. Uh, what's up, Zippy? So right now there's like five guys in a closet somewhere screaming, pyramid scheme, pyramid scheme. MLS. You, you can cut that part out, Greg. That wasn't funny. <laughs> no, it was definitely funny. Yeah. I mean, like, so one thing we didn't clarify, and I, I know Greg mentioned it, but uh, Randy is actually 4,000 years old. Um, and so humor that, you know, we enjoy may not be something he enjoys. I'm, uh, I am the Mr. Burns of this podcast. Without the without the wealth, though. You're like, so you're like angry and you don't have jokes um, and no money. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. In the time machine. <laughs> oh, we can't do that. We stole that from Morrisonic, even though they stole it from whatever movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, they were doing, again, man, I know we're not supposed to plug other people's podcasts, but when they were doing the go back in time to review old matches that was funny um, oh those were great i loved how he opened everyone with like hey pete welcome back it's 2011 my marriage is great i see nothing going wrong with it for years to come 
self-deprecating humor is always appreciated. So, um, um, you just said you were dumb. I just what? Huh? I didn't hear you. <laughs> Did you really not? I really didn't hear you. Oh, I said, Luke, he just said you were dumb. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have that quality about me. Um, I uh, I think that's awesome. And I think Randy should get his ass over there and help them fill merch orders and start shipping some shit out. <laughs> yeah, slacker. Yeah, damn it. So, um, and as always, we are on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google Play and Jonathan's mom. Oh, she's a hot beast. Um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) did I derail you a little? Yeah, that was awesome, man. I liked it. Uh, did you hear what I said or no? Hear what? I, yeah, I think your audio's uh, fucking up, but I said, oh man, she's a hot beast. No, I did hear that. Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I was just (laughs) listening to see what you do next. Yeah. Uh, Oh, shit. Really nothing much to say back to that. Um, uh, so, uh, in in fun uh, and in humor, uh, this is the first episode that Josh has not done anything for, uh, which is great because uh, he sucks anyway. So, Greg, if you have the ability to splice in some Josh words at random at any point, that would be funny. Boom, done. Yeah. Hello, everyone. This is Josh, and I lost my voice today. I will be speaking via this real cool voice software. Don't worry, I will still be using my vast encyclopedia of sports knowledge that you have all become accustomed to to give you the content you crave. When you think sporting harder, think Josh. Wake up, sheeple!